Hey, Justin. Hey, Andres. It's been a second. It's been a second. I think uh, I, I, we haven't done a podcast because we've been in uh, solidarity uh, from the writers, the writer's strike. Our, our writers have gone on strike, but we've decided to be scabs. Yeah. We're ready to cross the picket lines. We're ready to scab it up. That's right. It's That's been right. long enough. It's been long enough, man. You know, we have our principles, but well, the 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 workaround is that we're not actually doing this episode. We just hired uh, AI. We just this this whole thing is running through ChatGPT, so we uh, we're good, man. We you know, yeah. there's no rules around that. The, the technology so, is incredible. It sounds really like us too. I know. I know. I almost feel real. I feel like this is better than uh, the new Indiana Jones movie. I don't know if you saw that one. But they have this, they have some pretty good, they gotten really better on the de-aging tech, but then they decided not to de-age the voice. And hmm. watching a young Harrison Ford with an old man's voice is a bit odd. Well, like most of America, I missed that movie. So, <laughs> <laughs> unlike most of America, they're going to miss this podcast too with uh, our seven listeners, probably six at this point. Uh, and with that, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Andros Sturgeon. And I am Justin Womack. And we are the Marketing Geeks. Yeah. Marketing Geeks. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. So, good sir. Yes. Lots, lots been happening, man. It's, it's yeah. uh So, so uh, the writer's strike, tell me what you know about the writer's strike. Cause this is, this is fascinating. This one is very interesting. So uh, um, the writer's strike plus the SAG screen actors guild strike as well. Simultaneously, apparently the first time since like the sixties that this happened simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Uh, my understanding is that it has to do with AI. It has to do with uh, getting royalty rights from streaming services. And right now, it sounds like the streamers are really, or at least the studios are really screwing over this, the little people, screwing over the actors on the royalties from streaming views. So, um, well, let me let me break it down for you because yeah, I, I I know uh, a, a bit about this. I used to work in the industry myself, and I saw friends who work in the industry. Hey, wait, wait, real quick though, let's not forget that I worked on an Eric Roberts movie that didn't it didn't ah. get released widely, but it, I worked on it, so I'm also you know from that industry. That's that's right. You're well connected to uh, <laughs> Eric Roberts, drug dealer. So uh, uh, basically, it comes down to this. So so uh, back in the day, when when you would do an episode of something, um, like for instance, uh, before before the like the sixties, seventies, um, they never had residuals. So my father, for instance, who wrote an episode of Star Trek, I think he got paid like a thousand dollars to write the episode. 
And he never saw a a dime, even though he came up with the phrase "live long and prosper." It, he never saw another penny from that. And because of of Star Trek and Gilligan's Isle, those specific movies or uh, TV shows, rather, uh, they they formed a deal where basically, if something played on TV every time it played, they would get a small royalty check. And the, part of that funding came, of course, from advertising and uh, rights to actually show the content. Well. Uh, streaming comes along, and they don't have those deals because it's not a uh, it, it's not broadcast on traditional TV stations. It's a it's a tech company streaming content, so they didn't have any of these deals. And so when Orange Is the New Black started playing on Netflix, the show was widely popular, and at one point it was as popular as Game of Thrones. But the actors they got paid their day rate. And then they didn't get paid anything else. So a lot of these people that were making a pretty good living as writers and actors were doing all these streaming shows because they thought, oh, this is the new frontier. But then every time they streamed, they weren't seeing any money, mostly because Netflix wouldn't release any of the data around what was being seen, right? So uh, so the actors have have been pissed about this for quite some time. And then, of course, AI enters the scene. And part of the contracts that have been uh, available to the actors, especially like people who are in the background or only have a few lines, is that if they are in a scene, then the uh, studio who uses that content or who, who makes the content can basically use their likeness forever and ever in all perpetuity and any kind of thing throughout the universe, these crazy contracts. So basically what that means is if I have a bit part in a small thing, uh, they can scan my likeness and use it over and over and over again and don't have to pay me a dime. So, um, and of course now with things like ChatGPT, you can even write stuff. The other problem is that back in the day, you would have like 27 episodes of a TV show every season and now you only have 10. So people just aren't getting paid as much. And so this is this has become quite a problem. So now, uh, because of that, you know the the writers and the content creators they want to get paid, and uh, that's what this all comes down to. So it sounds like the writers were relying on like single page. I mean, in the in the past, they were relying on the check plus the royalties to create a, a nice living. Uh, once streaming rolled along, they were getting single paychecks, and then it was like they were kicked to the curb. That's it. You got paid. That's it. You're done. Right. And so, so some of the actors that were like again in Orange in the New Black, Orange is the New Black, uh, they do the show. They were popular characters, but then they had to like still wait tables, you know. And that yeah. was never the case. Once you have a breakout role, you usually can, you know, get the residual checks to keep you afloat. Yeah, which makes which makes sense. That's how I think I think how it should be how it should be structured. And then the other thing that you mentioned is those contracts with the AI uh, that they they uh, put in a line in the contract to say we're going to own your digital likeness for the re for all of eternity and perpetuity. Right, right across the universe. It reminds me of that South Park with the uh, where they didn't read the Apple terms and conditions and then got signed up for a human centipede thing. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> So it's kind of like that. And so, so, and, and this ties into something else that's happening in Hollywood, which I find extremely interesting. So you look at the, the you know, when I was, um, uh, you know, much younger and working in the entertainment industry, summer would roll around and like every week there'd be like a new like blockbuster film 
you know, people couldn't wait to see the new Batman or whatever it was. And uh, it, it, the movies were very exciting. Uh, people are not going to the movies as much anymore. And if you look at the, the big movies that typically would have done well, they most of them either bombed or did not perform quite as well. So we had uh, the Indiana Jones film definitely was a bomb. Huge flop. Huge flop. Uh, the Mission Impossible movie is flopping. Uh, the Flash was a flop. Uh, Fast X did not perform quite as well as they thought it was going to. And and all of this is because if, if you look at the movies that bombed, and then you have these other movies, uh, Barbie, Oppenheimer, and this in this wild car, <laughs> Sound of Freedom, which we'll, mm -hmm. we'll get into in a second. Uh, all of those are doing really well. And and what's the through line with both of, of these sides of the issue? The sides of the issue is that on one hand, you have movies that are uh, franchises like, like Transformers that typically people would pay over and over and over to see. And these other side, Barbie, uh, Oppenheimer, uh, and Sound of Freedom, those are all movies that are original and and new, and and well, the, Barbie for now. Uh, don't get me wrong, Barbie's about to be a massive franchise. So. Oh sure, and and <laughs> yeah. and Mattel now is you know believe me, there's going to be a Monopoly movie any day, a Hot Wheels movie. Oh for sure, there's going to be a million games that nobody wants made into movies. Right, right. <laughs> so that's that's coming, uh, but but for for today in 2023 those movies are hot because people just want to see new stuff. Now, real quick on that same note though, there, there are a few exceptions here. Cause like Elemental is the newest Pixar Disney movie, um, which opened very small. So it had a hugely disappointing opening. Now it, it picked up steam late. Like it started, it, it really had a lot of staying power, but because the opening was so low, it's still going to lose money. So it's still going to be considered a flop. It may end up breaking money, breaking even over time with, with streaming rights and things like that. But that, that's a, I think there's something about kids' movies that are really just not working as well as they used yeah. to. Like parents just don't want to take their kids to the movie. And that has to do with price too because exactly. to take my son um, to a movie, even in a matinee, is I think eleven fifty right now. Right. Um, and it gets up to like thirteen fifty at night, I think, or on uh, prime hours. Exactly. So if, you, if you're like, you know, if, if you're a couple that has a child or two children, that trip to the movies is basically a whole year of streaming service. And you know what? It's going to be on streaming in three months anyway, number one. And, <laughs> and the kids don't care. Like my son prefers to watch it at home. Right. And that's the other thing. Kids don't have the attention span to sit in a movie theater anymore. Uh, in fact, I, I, I was reading about how teachers, you know, they would play movies in the theaters or in, in, on, in classroom. In classroom for a special occasion or whatever and everybody would watch the movie uh at least when i was a kid and now they have to play the movies in like 15 minute increments because the kids just don't have the attention span so so the whole concept of like sitting through a 90 minute movie uh, you know it's it's really really hard for people now what if you could break down the movie into like 90 second clips and then you watch 90 seconds you, you swipe up it goes to the next 90 seconds you swipe up maybe that would work yeah it, that's that's <laughs> talk but but you know but that's why you know it's kind of interesting because it's hard for people to sit through three hours of oppenheimer but they will binge watch you know 15 episodes of you know a season of something James Cameron made that point when he was talking about the length of Avatar 2. Uh, he's like, don't, don't give me anything. You guys are binge watching for 15 hours straight. I don't care about your complaints about a three-hour movie. <laughs> right, exactly. But, you know, he's also James Cameron. So I, yeah. I, I'd watch that guy eat breakfast. 
to tell you the truth. <laughs> so, so we're, we're at this weird crossroads because, because the, the reason that the strike is happening also is because, uh, you know, the, the, the streaming services basically killed the movies and they thought that this was going to be the moneymaker, but what, what the streaming services didn't take into account is the fact that the people who make the content need to get paid. And, and AI is a huge threat to this. I mean, we're at the beginning stages of this, but pretty soon AI will be able to create a, a whole video game to your specific taste. Kind of already can, but not very, not advanced though. Right, but we're in the early days of this, right? So it's yes. like comparing video games today to like Pac-Man. You know, it's it's like the the the, the technology, and it's it's you know it's exponential. So nine months ago, no one even knew what ChatGPT was, and now it has taken over our lives, and it has become essential. And uh, but it is also, and this is this is another interesting thing about that, um, as ChatGPT has become. Uh, more, more of a, a, a thing that we're all using. It's also had to put, uh, they've had to put guardrails on it. So it's become dumber. So it's not quite as smart or creative as it used to be. And so people are now complaining about that. So uh, all of this it, it leads us to this weird unknown territory where the, the writers and actors strike looks like it's going to last us at least until the end of the year, which means that uh, the last time this happened, we just, uh, you know, and, and let us not forget that the, the whole reason that we have Donald Trump now is because of The Apprentice and The Apprentice happened because of the last writer's strike. Yeah, so so you know these things have a have a rippling effect. So prepare to see a lot more reality television and possibly stuff that's just AI created. So you're saying that this could trigger a Trump 2.0 candidate in the future. Could be 10 years from now, but it could be the genesis right here. Yeah, if if the AI robot overlords don't kill us all first. <laughs> Good point. Well, Good point. Will probably happen anyway. So uh, anyway, it's it's unknown territory. But but uh, at the end of the day, I, I, you know, when 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 things are in complete madness, I always ask one specific question, the most important question, which is this: How does this affect me? <laughs> great, great question. <laughs> right, right. Yes, the most unselfish, down to earth question you can ask. Right, and and uh, the reason why I'm asking that is because uh, I have started integrating AI into my workflow and uh, to to great effect, but ultimately I also know that that the human element is is not going to be needed at all either, and so very shortly, the idea of having a marketing person who is doing strategic marketing. Hey, 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 shh. <laughs> I mean, as as long as as long as the people I work for don't realize that, that's fine. That's true. Yeah, good point. <laughs> so uh, anyway, I, I I don't know where this is this is all going ultimately at the end of the day, and and I do know that that once we hit this wall of of content not being able to uh, to be readily available for us, it, it, you know, are we just going to watch shows from Korea? I mean, like. Yeah, you know. I guess go back to YouTube. I mean, it's probably good for uh, YouTube streamers, I would imagine. Now, one thing I want to say, though, is that I, I feel like in the month of July uh, 2023 here, we witnessed the like rebirth of the cinema with the uh, Barbenhop <laughs> Barbenheimer. Barbenheimer 
uh, double feature effect with the uh, Barbie opening up to well over almost two hundred million dollars. I mean, well over a hundred million, almost two hundred million, mm-hmm. and um, huge, huge success, which I would not have predicted a year ago. Uh, I saw ahead of time the projections were coming in like this uh, the last couple months, but. I would never have predicted the success of Barbie. So they, they did an amazing job with uh, the viral marketing campaigns that used there. Yeah. Um, but we witnessed the rebirth of cinema plus the redeath of cinema because now the writer strike is going to be absolutely, writer and actor strikes are going to be absolutely crippling. You have all these like two part movies that released this summer because Hollywood always does this thing where they, you have one person does like a little gimmick and everybody copies it. So we had uh, Fast X is a two-parter, Mission Impossible is a two-parter, the Spider-Verse movie was a two-parter, Dune. Uh, and and now a lot of these movies are, are weren't filmed back-to-back, so they're they're now in production delay yeah. um, for indefinite, uh, you know, indefinite time. And and then we're seeing a lot of these movies that were scheduled for release this fall are starting to get delayed. Um, small ones like there's Craven the Craven the Hunter, which is based on a, a Spider-Man villain, which was going to be a terrible movie anyway. <laughs> but uh, they've been they've been airing the trailer in front of um, I think in front of Oppenheimer, like most yeah. recently. And then just a couple of days ago, they announced that they delayed an entire year, and they've already invested a bunch of marketing. And, and part of the reason for that is that the actors are not allowed to promote the movies during the strike. They're not allowed to go on like. Uh, whoever the talk show host Kimmel and, and uh, whoever Colbert and all that to promote. So we're going to see a long-term rippling effect. That's only getting started in, and yeah, maybe, maybe it's good for YouTube streamers. Maybe it's good for um, obscure content on Netflix. I, I don't know what to expect right now. Yeah. And, and uh, that's, that's the, the interesting, uh, the most interesting part of all of this is that we are in this uncharted territory and and we we don't know where it's going to go at all so uh i'm i'm hoping that uh that something new and creative comes out of this and the thing that i find really interesting and especially with these two-part things is that people are tired of that too like yeah. you know i i pay my money i want to see a movie i don't want to pay my money and basically hold content for ransom so i got to pay more it's like an upgrade yeah just you know it's like watching a season finale and then you have to wait you know and then you're you're on the cliffhanger and you have to wait a year and it's it's annoying right. it's annoying i find it i find it very annoying yeah. i don't like yeah movie is supposed to be a complete uh story it's yeah. it needs to be a complete story and there's better ways of doing this too these these movies this year all ended on like pretty ridiculous cliffhangers there's better ways of doing that that it still kind of give closure to the current story while leaving it open for a sequel that's okay but not like the way they did it with these movies exactly and that's why i didn't see dune and that's why i didn't see spider-verse and that's why i'm not seeing mission impossible because you know what i know also before the next one comes out they're going to do like a special release and play it in the theater and i'll just i'll just see them both back to back at that point i mean i i I just that's just smart yeah and plus you know what i i'm tired of movies i'm just like it's it they're they're just awful i mean there's nothing nothing good i'll go see oppenheimer because christopher nolan has never made a bad film he's made movies that are not really good he made tenet which can be pretty complex and a little bit uh more complex than it needs to be Uh, (laughs) yeah i i feel that his movies sometimes are just a gimmick and he he drapes a story over a gimmick 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Tenant is a perfect example of that, but it was still entertaining and original. It was fresh, yeah. even though it wasn't a great movie. It was a good movie, and and so I'll always see a Christopher Nolan film. So we do need to we do need to close with the with the uh, comments about those three movies that are peaking right now. So Oppenheimer, Barbie, and of course Sound of uh, Sound of Freedom. I wanted to hear your take on that one because um, I'm sure you're a big big fan. I think. Yeah. So this is a really. <laughs> interesting story so sound of freedom was originally created by a another movie company and uh the movie company uh was going to to release it and 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 they passed and so uh the company that that actually made it is this christian uh film company called angel films and they got their start basically taking uh, regular movies and taking out the the sex and the swearing, all the good stuff that I go to movies for, uh, <laughs> but they took it out, but they were doing it without licensing. And so they got sued. And so they started making their own content. I don't know who's backing them. They obviously have some rich backers, but uh, this is a movie about uh, child trafficking, which you know everyone can uh, definitely get behind the evils of child trafficking, unless you're Matt Gates. Uh, but, uh, uh, it, it, it's, uh, the, the way that it, it, it operated was they got churches involved and, you know, churches have huge networks and they basically did this whole pay it forward campaign where they would sell out theaters with no one in it. And so you could buy essentially tickets for someone else to go see it. And so they would play the movies, they'd be sold out, but there'd be no one in the theater, which was kind of weird. But it turned out that the movie wasn't that bad. And so word of mouth actually got people behind to see the movie. And it's also kind of this movie that people got behind, much like Temptation of the Christ a few years ago, Mel Gibson's film, because it was like, you know, a way to stick it to Hollywood. We're going to show you that, you know, a movie that's outside of the Hollywood system can be profitable and and so it, you know it was it was kind of like a, a the movie was almost a meme in its own right uh with the with certain segments of uh right-wing populism so well, that, that pay it forward campaign was brilliant and, and that that was a huge huge success yeah so that pay, so basically people could buy a ticket for themselves and because this movie is about child trafficking they're going to have an emotional connection and they might want to buy a ticket for somebody else who, who supposedly can't afford a ticket and so it, it was a massive, massive success marketing campaign. We're right. probably going to see that replicated, I imagine, in the future. Well, we'll see if it works again. I mean, again, it was a, yeah. it, it was, it, it was kind of a meme in its own right. I haven't seen the movie yet, so I can't Nor I. speak to it to to tell you how good or bad it is. I do know that the uh, the guy who the movie is based on kind of exaggerated his uh, the, what he did in, in some ways. And uh, James Cavill, the uh, main actor in there, is a bit of a fruitcake. He's he's kind of a he's an anti-vaxxer, <laughs> a Q, and on. He played Jesus in Passion of the Christ. Also, let's not forget that. Yes, he was an actor in a movie. <laughs> so, but uh, I, I don't know. I, I I I'm just kind of. I mean, I, it's interesting. I think it's a fascinating uh, case study. Whether or not it can be replicated is going to be. Uh, you know, we'll see. But when when a movie like that, which was made for 15 million, is now you know on track to make like 200 million domestically, uh, that 
is definitely a success story. It cannot be ignored. Whether it can be replicated is anyone's guess, but it once again is another part of this narrative about the film industry completely collapsing. And yeah. uh, what happens from here? I don't know, man. And the other thing is I've been playing a lot of video games lately and I could buy a video game you know, on sale for 15, 20 bucks and spend hundreds of hours in it and Honestly, it's far more entertaining than a lot of the crap that's being pooped out into the theaters these days. That's interesting. Now, I, I do want to talk about the Barbie marketing campaign a little bit, too, because mm -hmm. Barbie obviously has been this massive success. And and a lot of that relied on kind of viral marketing efforts, uh, people posing in the Barbie box, things like that right. on social media. What, what have you seen as far as that goes? Like, what's your take on why Barbie is so popular? I, I know, obviously, it's, it's touching a, a customer base that has been around for 50, 60, 70 years, however long that toy's been around. Right. It's a it, it's it's a touchstone. It's, why is it working? Yeah, because it's you know, it's like every every little girl in the world and some boys grew up with Barbie. You know, my son had a Barbie doll, he wanted a Barbie doll, and we got him a Barbie doll. He had a he still has a a Barbie mermaid doll that he plays with. Uh I had a cabbage patch doll. I didn't have a Barbie though. Yeah, well, <laughs> Maybe that's the Cabbage Patch. Maybe that's a big franchise to adopt next. That could be the next one. Oh, I'm sure it's coming. <laughs> you know, but uh, Cabbage Patch dolls aren't aren't like as pop. I mean, Barbie transcends you know uh, cultures and uh, it's been around forever, right? So everybody knows it. It's a it's a well known franchise. And, and I think the other thing is is that one of the reasons that a Barbie movie never happened up until this point is because it's it's one of these things where you really have to get it right because you can't be too superficial with it. The tone has to be good. I know that uh, there was a Barbie movie that they wanted to do with Amy Schumer a couple of uh, years ago. That's right, I forgot about that. Yeah, I remember that. No, right, no. and her take on it was like, uh, it was gonna be all about like, oh, body positivity, I'm not Barbie enough. And so it was gonna be really making fun of Barbie and, and uh, kind of, you know, taking uh, using Barbie as a punching bag, but uh, this movie respected the IP. It it made it fun. It made it interesting. It got the tone of it right, uh, and that's why it did well. You know, because I think that a lot of people were just kind of waiting and seeing. But when it was obvious that they really nailed it, then uh, yeah, why wouldn't they go? You know, why wouldn't people want to see it? And I do think it's telling that people on, uh, especially people who tend to be a bit more uh, right wing and uh, and neo-Nazi flavored uh, <laughs> have been really angry at this movie. They don't like it, which means that it must be good. Well, it, it pokes a hole in the whole go woke, go broke narrative. Also, right. I mean, like this movie has a lot of those kind of politics. I mean, what do you want to call it? politics, whatever. It's a lot of there's a lot of patriarchy stuff in there and um anti-patriarchy and it's uh and it's a huge huge success so um you know they, they've always been poking at the new like marvel movies and things like that claiming those are the, the reason for their failure has been that it's been diving too much into left-wing politics no the reason why the marvel's been crashing is because the movies suck and, well and that's let's yeah I mean, i'm just saying that's the that's what the narrative has been on, on that side and and this pokes a big hole in that also so that could be part of the reason you're seeing a bigger backlash because like it's like this just crushed my world yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so so yeah. I, i'm I, especially in the next year or two when the actors uh and writers strike really starts affecting long-term movie release dates content release dates it's going to be fascinating to see what happens from here well we can always make marketing geeks the movie 
won't be too exciting, but you know. well, I, I, I'm willing to option it, man. I, I'd option Marketing Geeks the movie for like ten bucks, really. Uh, yeah, pay it forward campaigns and yeah, all that too. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know if I'd want to watch us talking about marketing for. Oh no, 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 not for us to watch. No, two no. hours. I, 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 yeah, we'd have to get like I, I, Paul Rudd would have to play me. Maybe. But if we could sell out empty theaters, then maybe. Yeah, <laughs> I could sell out an empty theater without me being in it and uh, without getting any money either so just claim it's uh, brilliant yeah uh in other news uh x yes x okay so what is x what is x you know um there was a day and age when i thought that uh elon musk was uh a brilliant guy although i, I read his biography by uh, Me too. Um, uh, uh amy vance i think I think it was Amy Vance, and and um, the, there was one thing that that stuck out to me, and there's a story where, as he was getting SpaceX off the ground, uh, there was one of his chief engineers wanted to. Uh, he got a call; his wife was having a baby, and he told Elon uh, they were like just a few hour, days, I think, away from launch. And so he said, "Hey, my wife's having a baby," and in front of everybody, Elon yells at him and says, do you understand that we're making history here? You better get your priorities straight, man. And I thought, you know, and then when he called that guy uh, who was trying to rescue the, the kids in Thailand a, a pedophile simply because he, <laughs> he criticized his submarine idea, um, I, 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 I started to realize this guy might have some problems. So well, it goes beyond. It goes beyond that too. I mean, if you, if you remember in the book, like every company he worked at, he had people that absolutely despised him. I mean, yeah. he was a very polarizing figure. Like some of the founders and people were very anti Elon Musk. I mean, uh, especially right. I think through the PayPal mafia guys, what they call the quote unquote PayPal mafia. Um, right, and, and and remember it when when he he had PayPal, which he wanted to call X, by the way. Yes. Um, uh, they voted him off. Well, no, he had he had he he had a company called X, which was a payment processing company that got bought by PayPal, and that's how he got absorbed into PayPal. Bought by yeah. PayPal, right? And 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 then he wanted to call it X PayPal, which is like kind of <laughs> funny. But then no, no, Elon, no. Well, well, then he got voted off the board and replaced by Peter Thiel. That's right. Yeah. So so um, uh, remember, Elon really hasn't invented anything he's bought companies and and his his brilliance has come from knowing how to kind of position them yeah because tesla was like a a hostile takeover i believe right and and the tesla has is very different than when it was when he took over though so you have to give him some credit there on where they where he's taken the concept but he definitely did not start the company did not come up with the name he just came in and took over the company Right, exactly, and 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 now the so now in full view we can really see like what this guy, who this guy is, and and I think, uh, and this is really funny because we I actually had uh, I mentioned this before, uh, someone reached out to me on LinkedIn and said they were going to stop listening to the show, because <laughs> uh, they I was criticizing Elon Musk's uh, takeover and what he was doing to Twitter, and he said that 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 he didn't couldn't stand by what i was saying because it went against free speech uh, and now we know that he's banning people who criticize him on twitter and 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 now he's taken twitter and turned it into this thing called x which would be the equivalent of someone taking q-tips and changing it to we're going to call these things r's now 
I mean, <laughs> the next letter of the alphabet, the next logical letter. Yeah, you, you could buy you could buy uh, uh, cotton swabs a- anywhere in the world, but you call them Q-tips. It's synonymous with what that product is. Twitter yeah. is a is is a noun and it's a verb. You know, I'm going to tweet somebody, and now what am I going to say? I'm going to X somebody. Does that mean I have X videos? It, it's weird. And now Elon has had this vision of creating the X app, which he calls the everything app that he's talked about even before he bought Twitter. So this has been something in like, in his mind that's existed for a long time. It's not out of the blue. In my opinion, this is one of the worst business decisions uh, possibly I've ever seen. I think this is uh, on par with when FedEx office bought Kinko's and they got rid of the Kinko's name. And it was a, it was a huge um, decline in the company's value because of it. It it really confused people. It caused problems. Kinko's had become a verb, just like Twitter and tweeting have become verbs. And, and I think uh, this is a massive mistake on Elon's part um, because what he bought, paid whatever, $45 billion or whatever the amount was, I forget at this point, uh, he bought that brand and that brand was the value and, and he's right. not wanting to change it. I just do not agree with that decision. I think it's a mistake. Yeah. And I think, I think ultimately it came down to one thing. Uh, Elon Musk is a guy... Uh, that shows what happens when you can afford to buy all the cocaine. <laughs> uh, now that I think about it, I just realized like space X, he has an X in that one too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and in Tesla, he has a model X, right? So That's true. Yeah. So he has this fascination with the letter, which is funny because I did too, when I was 12, but you grew, you grew out of that. So he, I grew he's still out in the arrested it. development stage, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and so it, anyway, it's it it, 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 we will see what happens with it. But the value of the company has already sunk tremendously. He's not paying his bills, and that's the thing. If he wants to have this everything app, which is similar, he wants to have like uh, a, a WeChat uh, type. Uh, mm-hmm. experience for people. Uh, WeChat is the uh, app that they use in China that does everything. That is the everything app for them. Um, but the Chinese government owns it. And uh, Elon wants to have something like that. But no one's going to use it because he is a toxic brand now. He he it, it connected to it is, is you know, I, I would never give my data to that guy ever, ever, ever. And a lot of people feel that way. You know, what's funny is uh, today I, I read a story today that says that they're rolling out a new feature that allows the paid pe- anyone that's paying for to be verified on Twitter, which is like ten dollars a month or whatever they charge eight bucks. Um, they can now hide their verification if they want to. So they're giving people the option to, you know, maybe they're ashamed that they paid Twitter to be verified so they can hide that on the on the page now, <laughs> which I think is funny. That was a story today. Oh, man. I, I, I so so what was interesting, uh, of course, is threats. Right. So yeah, uh, Zuckerberg saw an opportunity. And so he created the threads app, which is just a, a um, clone, a, uh, a clone. But uh, and that's when when he opened when he when he started it, then uh, first Elon Musk challenged him to a cage match <laughs> and then and then he challenged him to a a literal uh dick measuring contest oh yeah yeah yeah. he actually literally put that in a tweet which which makes me think this guy has just lost his mind i i (laughs) i i I, I really do i think that the guy is just like up all night doing coke and he comes up with these crazy ideas and just goes with it and no one he has no one to say no to him and so the interesting thing about threads is that it was attached to your Instagram account. So anyone who has an Instagram account could bring all of their followers directly over to threads. And it was the fastest growing app ever, but it's declined like 80%. People just don't use it. 
And it's only been around for like three or four weeks. Right, right. So uh, the question is now, um, you know, also, do we need a social media app at this point? I it's lasted this long. I, I doubt we're getting, I doubt that people are abandoning. There's going to have to be, something's going to have to step in to replace it. Do we need something to replace it though? But we definitely don't need something. We don't, but I just feel like the populace disagrees with, with that statement. <laughs> yeah, the the populace fifty percent of the populace also thinks that a, uh, a a a rapist and a con artist and uh, now a twice convicted, twice impeached felon uh, thrice, thrice now thrice is yeah. So uh, will be a suitable president. I I give up, man. My my thing with that is like okay, let's just roll this out and say like for some crazy circumstance. Um, so you have Donald Trump, who's, who has three indictments now, and he's got another one coming in Georgia, most likely. It's been that's that a lots of sources saying that he's going to get indicted in Georgia with like RICO charges and um, some interesting charges from there. And then uh, on top of that, he has the yeah he, he lost the the civil suit uh, to E. Jean Carroll for the um, for the rape suit, mm -hmm. and he goes he has to pay out on that. And I know there's more litigation. I don't know what else is. Oh, there's on. the. Oh, he's being sued by um, New York. Yeah, also, there's the Georgia slowly. case. Uh, yeah, well, I was going to say the Georgia case. That one, he's going to get indicted for that almost certainly. Yeah, yeah, like any day. Yeah. And uh, and uh, uh, Gene Carroll is probably going to sue him again because he, that's right. <laughs> he just couldn't keep his mouth shut, and so. Uh, no, no, but I want to say is that okay? So let's say that he does run, and, and early polls suggest that the race is actually still somewhat tight. I mean those. Those could be way off. Who knows? Yeah. If he won, if he were to win the election, like I can't, like, I, and people would, you know, they freaked out in 2016, but it would be what it would happen if you, <laughs> what would happen if you won? That's a great question. It's it's uncharted territory. I mean, some of the other investigations that are going on, he could he could just have his Justice Department kill them, uh, you know, and. And well, he probably he could he could theoretically pardon himself on all three of the federal ones. I don't know about Georgia's a state one, and they don't. And actually, the and the they New don't York allow one. for they don't allow for governor pardons in Georgia, which is interesting. Um, and then the New York one too. Uh, but the New York one would probably be pretty minimal, even if he gets convicted. It's not like a huge. Uh, I don't think he'll be serving any. Yeah. He'll be sentenced with any severe time. Um, maybe like no, maybe like a year or two, which is a lot for his age. Um, and, and it's 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 really wild. And here's the thing that really gets me. And if if anybody's listening and they don't agree with this, and they're like, "Oh, the whole thing is a political hit job," just do me a favor and read the indictment. Like read all the indictments. I've read them all. I haven't read the newest one. The newest one dropped yesterday. Yeah, I, I've read the I read the one uh, the classified documents one yeah and and the new one is 45 pages which is kind of funny um because you know 45 uh, 45 right and <laughs> but but if if you really look at it it's like it's it's they, they've got this guy it's damning like like basically he you know the argument is like well it was a free speech thing and he's allowed to do that and in the very opening sentences of it they say yes he is allowed to say whatever he wants but what he did was act on it. It's the difference of me saying, you know what, uh, Justin, you and I, we should go rob a bank. And I'm going to tell all my friends and I'm going to tell the podcast, everyone listening, that we're going to rob this bank. So meet me at this bank and 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 let's go rob it. And we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Uh, but the difference is, is that even if everyone shows up at the bank, if I have talked to my lawyers to figure out how to get me out of trouble when I walk into the bank and actually steal the money, 
uh, that turns into a crime. It's the intent, and and that's that's what we have here. And so, uh, you know, I have to read I have to read that specific indictment. I have not looked much into that one. It rolled out, like I said, it rolled out last night or late, late yesterday. Um, but it's it, it's got some serious, very 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 serious charges in there. So. Absolutely. And I, you know, and the, the uh, federal government has like a 96% uh, success rate with uh, uh, bringing charges down. So we will see. But, uh, you know, does that mean that that, you know, really, do I have to have a choice between Joe Biden and Donald Trump again? Like, there, there are 350 million people in America. And these are the people that you're putting up to run for president, for God's sakes. I, I mean, yeah, I just don't see I just don't see another way. I mean, like with the Republican side, um, they have that, that tech entrepreneur. Uh, I don't know how to say his last name. It's tough to pronounce. Um, Vivek Rama something. Yeah. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy. There yeah. you go. Um, and, and he's well spoken. He's just not. I've, I've never heard of the guy. Um, I, I think he. Well, he's his whole platform is he's going anti woke the whole anti-woke thing I mean, he's a well-spoken guy he's got some business success and some things um and then there's uh mike pence who i don't think any i don't think any of the, funny that you didn't mention desantis <laughs> well, well i'm gonna end desantis desantis uh, has really hurt himself through this Ooh. process it's been interesting because he was beloved by the maga crowd well, the, the, and now he's kind of uh he's like in a weird little spot right now the latest is that uh he uh he claims that slavery was actually beneficial for black people because it'll it gave them skills they didn't normally have and instead of like backing off of that he's doubling down and uh and really like so even the black Republicans that were behind him are now like, whoa, dude, that's a little bit too far. Yeah. What's interesting with him is he takes some things way too far. He has because he has support from some moderate people like um, there's a lot of moderates who like some of the stuff DeSantis does, at least economically. But then like with abortion, like they feel like he's taking that way too far with um, uh, what's the other one that just came out. Uh, There's another issue with the, I don't know if you saw that he did a campaign where he was like playing old clips of Trump. Uh, kind of welcoming a transgender person into the right. one of the Miss Universe pageant, and he was trying to use that as like a bashing point, and it kind of backfired. And that was really interesting. Yeah. So talking about marketing, so th this was this was a clip that was released by his camp, and it was like showing you know that Trump was pro LGBTQ, and uh, then it would intercut with like what was considered real men, like like manly men, yeah. and it showed like the guy from Peaky Blinders. And it showed, it showed Christian Bale from American Psycho, <laughs> like like really. He like wears makeup in that movie, I think. It's, you know, no, yeah. no, but I mean, it's like so. You're telling me that your idea of a real man who who goes who who aligns with your ideals is a psychopath, like really? That's that's your stance. Well, and the thing with that is, I think um, anyone who has any sort of reasonability on on that, like the thing. That you can reasonably argue on the on the whole transgender thing is like like whether they can play sports or not women's sports that i think has a reasonable argument does it though how how, how so. many how many trans sports people are there in the country there's not a lot I mean, really I mean, it could it could become a problem we it uh, could it takes away from women opportunities it, it could we had a we had a um a transgender person win the women's uh college swimming who meet. cares 
They're, they're well, so. I don't. I don't personally care, but women in sports probably do. Fine. They're. They are like. <laughs> what, what? That's a. That's a. That's not a very huge voting block. I mean, the the real problems in the country have to do with the environment, with like, uh, you know, the the stagnant wages, with the fact that you know people are 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 saddled with medical debt, and and this. This is the problems that you, you like. It's a small, it's a smaller issue. I, I mean, I, I still have, I hold my ground on that, that I, I, I don't agree with, uh, with, I feel like there's the, just, there's an advantage. And if we're talking about like potential of a, a transgender um, woman who would be a biological male getting a woman's scholarship for college, I, that to me, that's potentially a problem, but it's not really happening right now. So it's theoretical. That's yeah. the point. Yeah. Like, like this is all theoretical. Who does this really affect? If you, you could probably fill a room with the people this actually affects, but the things, you know, it's, it's just a culture war issue that uh, makes people go crazy because, you know, and I, I, I hear what you're saying, like, well, it could lead to something else but it, it's it, this is you know it's 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 you know recently the supreme court ruled that uh they they that uh, like that web designer uh case where somebody said well i don't really have uh, i'm a web designer and i'm thinking about starting a uh a company that does wedding websites and if yeah. the possibility arises that a gay couple comes to ask for my services, I shouldn't have to do that, right? But yep. it was all made up. It didn't. It's crazy. It was crazy to, to read that, that that was not actual. That was not an actual circumstance, but it was a made up scenario. That was weird. Exactly. Yeah. And so, so that's what I'm saying. Like the same thing with the transgender issue. We can't go by what might happen if if all of a sudden you know, you have the, the women's soccer team is all, you know, men, <laughs> uh, transgender men, uh, and they keep winning the Olympics. Okay, maybe then we start to discuss what the real, this being a real issue, but it's not happening. It's, it doesn't affect yeah. anybody. But I think, I think what DeSantis did with that, with the approach of that video, though, was it, it came across as just, you know, homophobic, transphobic, of instead of like, even he didn't even attempt to to nuance it. It just came across like it, it, it just rubbed people the wrong way. Even even Republicans who are super against that, like I, like the women's sports thing, for instance, and and, uh, and then another one that gets I think blown out of proportion. I, I imagine I don't know yet is the uh, um, the idea that children can transition at school without telling their parents, which I think is also probably more of a hypothetical. Um, but that's another one that I, I see brought up all the time. Yeah, and, and, and which is weird because uh, so here in the Netherlands, um, there are kids that do come out as transgender. And you know what happens when that happens? Uh, they introduce the, the kid like, oh, last year uh, this was Jens and uh, this year uh, she's Ruby. And all the kids go, OK, cool. Uh, when's lunch? Yeah, I mean, nobody gives a crap, and it's not a problem here. And guess what? Uh, the 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 society isn't crumbling. In fact, uh, the Netherlands is doing quite well. So so uh, you know we have our own problems over here, but but this is not one of them. And so I I I think it's just something that it, it's a great way to distract people from the real issues, which which you know there are real yeah. problems and to be fair if you're a parent and your child is transitioning without your knowledge and you and they're on the hormones and you still can't tell it's probably a reflection of uh, parenting too well <laughs> you know and I, I i you know i i don't have any idea around like 
giving children hormones, you know, when they're yeah. transition, when they're becoming. That's all. There's not a lot of, there's not enough long-term research on that, but that's like, I don't know. Yeah. Don't right. Know. But I, I do know my kid well enough to know that if my child was, was coming out and was just like, I feel more comfortable as a woman or as a girl, uh, I would respect that. And if it was obvious that that was their identity, I, I would have to, I would probably have to just say, okay, well, let's, let's look into these uh, treatments. And it's, yeah. You know, it's I have transgender friends and they're they're yeah. really concerned, you know, and they're not eating children. They're, you know, and here's <laughs> here's the other thing. Yes. Uh, whenever you hear like so often, like, you know, uh, priests, you know, uh, coming out, uh, a, a, a youth pastor coming out, molesting children, having, uh, you know, those are the people that are are really over and over again. It, you don't hear about drag queens molesting kids that often it doesn't it's not yeah. an ongoing I'm sure problem. it happens in the minority but yeah you, you don't hear about that often. right right so again this is not a problem it, it's a way to distract from the real issues so um you know what does this mean i don't know cancel your your twitter account and <laughs> uh don't watch a movie watch buyer well, don't I mean, to be, be a little cautious on, on some of these, uh, I mean, the transgender community, let's also remember, is so small. I mean, we're less than, uh, maybe it's grown a little bit, but it, last I've known, it was less than 1% of the population of people that identify as trans. Right. I, mean, I know that number has grown over the last few years as identified, but, but, the va uh, but even when people identify, the vast majority don't have the surgeries. It's a very, very small percentage that have the surgeries, too. Um, so. Yeah, and, and the ones that do overwhelmingly are happy with the decision. So uh, overwhelmingly, and, and here, here's one last thought uh, before we leave the subject. When the Nazis came into power, one of the first things they did was they went after trans people. And one of the first places they did book burnings was at the world's first uh, uh, transgender institutes in the world. It was in Germany. And they uh, went there and they destroyed it and they burned all the books that were there. It was one of the first targets. So, uh, you know, if you're not compassionate around someone's uh, immediate experience and and you feel you need to go after someone because you don't agree with their lifestyle choices, um, that that shows that you have a lack of compassion. And 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 as I've said before, uh, you know, not not every Republican is a Nazi, but every neo-Nazi seems to vote Republican for some reason. Uh, is there a connection? I don't know, man. I, I just want to live my life and do my own thing. And that's why I'm, uh, you know, I just identify as a human being. Still not a fan of the sports thing. Uh, yeah, I, I don't care about sports either. So maybe that's why, but, uh, <laughs> who knows, but, uh, what else you got for me, man? We're, we're running over. So yeah, we're, 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 we're wrapping, wrapping up here. Uh, let me find, I had one more, I had like one or two stories here. I wanted to talk about, uh, meta mm -hmm. Facebook. The, uh, the company that became the metaverse company when meta was trending and now they're like, whoopsie. Um, they are releasing a AI music generator. Uh, this article was from today that can be used to take text prompts on, uh, on, on this is using royalty free music that Facebook owns as the learning basis mm -hmm. to then create uh, your own music. So I haven't tested it yet. Um, when I went to the website, it looks like you, this is something you have to kind of like set up on your own through a, a platform called Hugging Face, which is similar to um github i think and, and like you can get like some code and, and you can kind of run it on your own uh, but there's three basic tools here there's the the text to create music prompts there is the i believe it's text to create 
sound effects uh so you can create like uh, it's a the example is given with like a dog barking and uh, things like that and then it also will automatically uh in has a uh, a codec that will just compress the files and uh, maintain like the highest quality uh with the compression so that's like the three features i it's something i want to play with i think it's going to be a potentially interesting i think that idea that concept it may not be meta's tool but somebody's going to come up with an awesome music generator if it doesn't already exist and I just, maybe i just don't know about it um and i'm i'm excited to play with that because the image generators i'm getting a little bored with now so <laughs> <laughs> man uh one day ai is just gonna replace us uh as podcasters as well and then uh you know we'll just uh we'll just yeah, have to I do mean, we we played with like uh, writing scripts on ChatGPT. They're they're not they're not so great still, but there there's no question in my mind, given uh, another couple of years, that AI is absolutely going to be able to replace ninety to ninety nine percent of all jobs on Earth. So we cannot put the genie back in the bottle. It is out. So well, must we use an EMP <laughs> <laughs> or the robots uh, take over? And if they do. As we have always said, we love you, AI robots. Yes, we are on team AI. That's we right. You didn't know that. Please don't kill us with your giant. Yes, keep spare us. Spare us because <laughs> we love you. We, we serve you, AI. And uh, <laughs> with that, ladies and gentlemen, another episode of the Marketing Geeks. They're far and few between, but we're always uh, yeah. we're always thinking about well, you. Well, quick quick announcement here. Yes. Uh, my my intention here is to kind of uh, reboot my own business, uh, which has uh, been a, a little bit lacking this year, I would say, just because I haven't put in the effort and the uh, focus I have in the past. Um, but I, one of the things I want to do is do a challenge for myself to use AI to create monetization streams. And I'm giving myself a 30-day challenge, um, possibly 60, but the first 30 days are going to be no paid advertising. And it, we'll see if I, if I have any sort of success here. Well, the second 30 days theoretically would be taking the same concepts that I've already started with and then adding in the element of paid advertising to see if uh, if, if that monetization can occur or scale or whatnot. And and so my goal is to actually use the podcast platform here to release uh, a few episodes a week or um, or one a week at least to kind of go through the process here. And I want Andros to uh, follow along for the journey and yeah. you know, provide me with uh, great uh, criticism I will and, do that. and support and all that. Yeah. I remember your last AI endeavor where you were making AI oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. t-shirts. I was going to create a, yeah, I was creating the image, uh, selling royalty images on uh, a few different platforms. Yeah, how'd that go? I did it. I did it for a while and, and so far uh, I made uh, zero sales. Whoops. Okay. Okay. Whoopsies. Well, I'm sure with this next endeavor, you're going to make a thousand times more than that. I, I just need the social pressure, man. I just need to know that all of the you know, millions and millions of uh, theoretical listeners are listening, and, and I'll, I'll know that I need to perform for them. Okay. They're relying on me. They're, they're depending on this. All right, all right. But uh, uh, challenge accepted. Uh, however, one uh, caveat to this is that yeah. you have to have your plan uh, AI developed. So you got you to... Gotta... Yeah, no, that, that is absolutely... What's happening? Yes, that's part of it. So, yeah. so here's the challenge: thirty-day challenge. Can you make money from a business developed a hundred percent from AI? Yes, with no advertising spend and very limited spend out of pocket. So, I'll be using. Uh, I think I'm going to re-up the, to the Chat GPT four. So, I'll pay the twenty bucks a month for that one, 
but very limited on the uh, on the out-of-pocket spend. Oh. So we're gonna we're gonna keep it like under a hundred bucks. Also. Oh, this is gonna be good. I can't wait. Yeah, I can't yeah, wait. Yeah, yeah. All right, stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. This is gonna this is gonna get juicy. <laughs> and, and with that, and with that, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I'm Andro Sturgeon, and I'm Justin Womack, and we are the Marketing Geeks, and we are out. Stay classy. Marketing geeks, come on, bring your friends. We'll learn marketing from distant lands. Andro Sturgeon and Justin Womack, the fun will never end. It's marketing geeks. Marketing.